Thank you so much, Ryan. Um, we're going to get right into our message today, and we're going to spend some extra time at the end of our service today uh, in a longer time of worship and prayer and ministry uh, to each of you who would like it. Um, we finished up the week before Christmas on our first part of our series on the book of Exodus, and we had Christmas a couple weeks ago. Uh, we took last week off of church, um, get into a rhythm of preparing for a new year. And we were supposed to start a relationship series today called Relationship Status. And uh, God led me to just pause for a week um, to put that on hold and start that next week and, and focus a little bit more on this new year today. Um, but if you want to come next week, um, I expect you to be here next week. Uh, next week, Relationship Status Part 1, we're going to be looking at what it means to be single, uh, what it means to be divorced, what it means to be widowed, what it means to be dating, what it means to be engaged, what it means to be married, and what it means to be in a complicated relationship uh, as a Christian. And that's what we're going to be looking at. What what does faithfulness look like for each of those steps? Because people in relationship are no better or no valuable than people who are single, and people who are single are no better and no value, more valuable than those who are married. Single people have it easier in a lot of ways, but married people have a lot of great things too, most of the time. And so we're going to be talking about what that looks like. And then the following week, we're going to be uh, speaking to how to repair relationships when they're damaged and also what kind of relationships we should be seeking as Christians if we find ourselves um, in need of relationship. And so we are going to get into that. But today, uh, I'm going to bring to you a message uh, just simply called Grapes and Giants. We could call this message grapes or giants, but grapes and giants is what we will go with. And a couple of things to preface this message, grapes and giants, is, uh, first of all, video games. Um, I, I used to like video games until I became an adult, and then I decided that they weren't for adults. And those of you adults who spend all of your life playing video games, that's wonderful. Um, but life gets in the way kind of of enjoying video games as much as you would like to, and that's fine if you're in different stages of life. But one thing that makes a good video game is a, a good final boss. And there, there's final bosses in most adventure games and fighting games and various games are final bosses. And really the ultimate final boss is Bowser from Super Mario Brothers. And Bowser is an angry uh, dragon with a shell likes to jump up and down and shake the ground and shoot little balls of fire, and he loves to hang around bridges over lava because that's where you hang out if you're evil. Uh, so Bowser was a phenomenal uh, final boss. Another final boss that comes to mind is uh, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog, a very lame final boss, uh, a, a bald man with a big red mustache who flies around on robotic things and has little robot animals, and I'm not really sure what the premise of his evil was. But Jim Carrey played him in the movie that I'll never see. Um, and so final bosses. There's all these final bosses. Uh, fighting games have final bosses. Street Fighter II. How many of you liked Street Fighter II or still do? Street Fighter II. Um, M. Bison was a very lame final boss. Um, and if you were less Christian, uh, then maybe Mortal Kombat was more your style. And there, I know there were actual final bosses, but the real final boss was this guy named Goro who had four arms and was very tall and didn't wear a shirt, he was incredible as a final boss. So final bosses 
Uh, we, we typically have final bosses in different stages of our life, whether it's, it's singleness or whether it is our, our school. The final boss might be, you know, that final exam that you take. There's these final bosses, these thresholds, uh, battles that we have to fight against these final bosses before we make it into um, the next level, so to say, or before we get to the castle only to find out that the princess is not there. She's at another castle, and we continue our journey with our friend who has a mushroom head named Toad. How many of you, that's been your life? Um, always facing a final battle, a final boss, to move on to something else. But more important than final bosses, I want to talk about um, something incredibly more important, and that's grapes. How many of you like grapes? You like grapes. You like, there's green grapes. There are purple grapes, red grapes, there's white grapes. And, and there's so much that goes with this idea of, of grapes. And, and i got to be honest, I don't like grapes. But I do like some grape-flavored things. So there's something very different about grape flavor and actual grapes. And I found out that grape flavor tastes like grape flavor and grapes taste like grapes. But grapes don't taste like grape flavor. And so what comes to mind when you think of grapes? For me, the first thing that comes to mind is um, Fruit of the Loom underwear. Um, and there was this, this grape guy. And if you've got to be any of the guys in the Fruit of the Loom underwear crew, you've got to be the grape guy. He's the happiest. Well, well that, I didn't even realize actually that there's two grape guys. One's green, one purple. I choose purple. He's much happier. Um, so grown men should not be that thrilled to be wearing fruit costumes. So Fruit of the loom. Something else I think of when I think about grapes is grape soda. How many of you like grape soda? Grape soda, as a kid, I enjoyed it. There's Crush, there's Fanta, there's all these different kinds of grape soda. If you've seen the movie Up, grape soda plays a part in this phenomenal film. Um, but then here in the mid Willamette Valley in Oregon, it's all about wine. Grapes go hand in hand with wine. And so we have some of the finest wineries in the mid Willamette Valley in the entire world. And so some of you enjoy that when it comes to wine. And when I think about wine, I think about the fine establishment of Olive Garden, who really likes to just show off. Look at all of our grapes and our fine selection of, of wine at, at Olive Garden, because that's a classy place. Uh, other things come to mind, grape stomping. Any of you have ever done grape stomping before? This is the most disturbing picture, um, but it's grape stomping. You think about that next time you drink wine someone's bare feet could have been crushing those grapes and you could have toenail fungus in what you're drinking. It's all right. Stay with me. This is the hook, okay? This is called a hook. Grape stomping. There's a video you need to watch. Look it up on YouTube of a news reporter stomping grapes who has an unfortunate incident while she is stomping grapes. It's okay to laugh at her. She's faking it. Next. Um, communion juice. Communion juice. Um, the, the communion juice union of the world doesn't do the best job of making good grape juice. We can acknowledge this, right? It, it is not very good. So on an empty stomach at church, you're like, yes, this represents the blood of Jesus, but man, it's tart. And you got to play like you're all cool uh, while you take that drink. You're like, whoa, that's a lot. Okay, just one more thing. Then we're We'll get to some meat. Um, my favorite grape item is um, Ice Cube's uh, grape gum. Have you ever had this before? There are, there's about 100 cubes in that package that 
if you've ever had it before, your mouth is actually watering right now because it's that incredible. If you don't like gum, you'll like this gum. If you don't like grapes, you'll like this grape gum. It is incredible. Um, I have an endorsement from them. And it is not actually gum. It is candy. You just spit it out before you swallow it. It is, oh, man. It could be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Ice cubes, grape gum, get it. It is great for your teeth, for your digestional tract, everything. It'll make your 2022 the best year you've ever had. One cube a day. Wow. Okay. I've hooked you. Let's go. Today, we're going to talk about grapes and giants. I'm going to give you a message of challenge, a message of faith building, of hope, and I would like all of our perspective to change, and my perspective needs to change just as much as everyone else's. I want to give a call to join in with what God is doing on earth today, and I want to spend, um, just again, prefacing, we're going to have a time of ministry at the end of this service. So we talked about final bosses and grapes, but how many of you over the last two years, 2020 and 2021, have experienced um, some obstacles, obstacles over the last couple of years? My wife and I were looking at uh, memories in our photos uh, last night at dinner, and we looked at our highlights from 2019. It, it was like we were looking into a different world. I, w- I was looking at something like, that was a really good year. It was an amazing year. We did some amazing stuff then, 2019. But, but there's been a couple years of, of obstacle. And so how did you see the obstacles in your life the last two years? And think about this if you can, and maybe even take some notes. Did you see the obstacles as walls or as doorways? Walls that prevented you from entering or doorways that you walked through? Did you see the obstacles as stop signs or as steps that you could take to walk into what God has for you? Did you see the obstacles, the old cliche, the cliche statement, did you see the obstacles as tests, or did you see them as future testimonies of what God could do? Were the obstacles in front of you, did they give you excuses to further your self-victimization, or instead did you see the obstacles as an opportunity for victory over them? Um, God um, did work in some of your lives this last year. There were the victories that you saw and you fought for where God healed you from cancer. A couple of you in this room, that, that happened this last year. Where, where God helped you overcome, you know, bad case of, of COVID. Where God really was with you and brought you into some incredible victories. But so did you see those obstacles as obstacles or did you see them as opportunities? And let me be the first to tell you, I always see them as obstacles first. It's much easier to see an obstacle than it is to see an opportunity. And so, as you consider how you looked at those things, did how you look at those things change your outlook? If you saw them as obstacles and not opportunities, did it change your faith? Did your faith shrink or did it grow? Over the last several years, as you saw obstacles instead of opportunities, did it change your attitude? Did you lose hope? And did seeing the obstacles as just merely obstacles prevent you from walking into what God has in store? Prevent you from walking in true freedom because the obstacle and the fear and the anxiety and the depression surrounding the obstacle actually became shackles to you when Christ called you to be free? So to explore some of these ideas, grapes and giants, opportunities and obstacles... 
final bosses. We're actually going to fast forward a couple of months in our Exodus journey series, and we'll get back to the story in a couple of months as well. But I want to look at the point in the Exodus journey where God uses Moses and Aaron to lead the Israelites all the way to the border of Canaan, their promised land. So the land God had promised their forefather Abraham, they actually got to the end of the journey. Here they are. They've got what they want. They have what God promised them. They have all in front of them that they need. And so Moses, he sends out 12 spies to go into Canaan to spy out the land while you're there. See if it's good or bad. See, see what our obstacles are. See what our opportunities are. Moses is not looking for obstacles to prevent them from moving forward. What Moses is doing is being a good leader, and he's looking to see what lies in front of them so he knows how to lead the people, and they can be prepared for whatever lies in front of them. And Moses has victory in mind. So it's in Numbers chapter 13. We're going to read verses 18 through 20. Moses says, See what the land is, and whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, whether there are few people or many people, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, and whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are trees in it or not. Be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Show me the opportunity. Show me the testimony. Show me the victory. Show me the doorway. Show me the steps. I want to see with my eyes. I want to taste with my mouth what it is that's in front of us that God would bless us with. And I love the end of verse 20. It's just like this random add-on sentence. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they're about to enter in, and it's not just any time of year. It's not just by chance that they're there at harvest time. God leads them there to see the abundance of the land in front of them, and it just so happens to be the first harvest of ripe grapes. So in verse 21, it says, They went up and they spied out the land. Um, Skipping ahead a little bit in verse 22, it says, The descendants of Anak were there. And so these 12 spies, representing each of the 12 tribes of Israel, these 12 spies, they came to the valley of Eschol, and they cut down from there a branch with a single cluster of grapes. Listen to this, though. It's like, okay, what's the big deal? Well, here's the big deal. They carried it on a pole between two of them. This is no ordinary grapes. These are big grapes, good grapes. Ripe grapes, Willamette Valley, good kind of grapes. It is so big, they have to carry it on a pole. This means it weighs like 100 pounds plus. They also brought some pomegranates and some figs. Figs are questionable whether they're good or not, but they have pomegranates and, and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eschol because of the cluster that the people of Israel cut down from there. So go into the land spy it out, and literally, what's good? What's good, spies? What's good? Well, what's good is this giant cluster of grapes. And so they brought back, verse 26, they brought back word to all of Israel, 
to the congregation of Israel and showed them the fruit of the land. Here's the grapes. And they told him, told Moses, we came to the land to which you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So not only are there grapes and pomegranates and figs, but there's milk and honey. Like, it doesn't mean like they're just all about milk and honey. They're just saying, this is, this is good. This is a good land. Everything we need is there. Everything God has promised us, it is there. This is good for us. This is walking in to the promises of God. Verse 28, however, don't let however ruin your 2022. But, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. So some of the spies are like, we don't think we want to go. There are obstacles, there are walls, there are stop signs. There's all sorts of things in front of us. There's final bosses, there are giants. We can't make it. It's too dangerous. There is risk involved, and if there is risk involved, then we would rather just live lives of depression than face risk and have victories. Welcome to the last two years. But, I like how verse 28 is however, and verse 30 is but. However, the bad news, but we see grapes. But Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. You know what's pretty pathetic? Is most of us have Caleb's in our workplace. Most of us have Caleb's in our classrooms. Most of us have Caleb's in our churches. Some of you even have Caleb's in your family. And you try to shut them up. And you try to close down their optimism. And you call them too young, too optimistic, too big of dreamers. You tell them that they haven't had enough life experience. We tell them that um, clearly they've never experienced what we've experienced before. Well, you don't understand our generation went through hard times, and you're just too optimistic. You just have too much vision. You just have too many goals and dreams. If you really want to live a good life, you have to be depressed. You have to have anxiety. You have to have fear. And you have to stop moving forward because you might actually bring us success and we would be very uncomfortable with success. Who's the Caleb in your life that you have shut up and shut down? Or are you the Caleb that gets shut up and gets shut down? Verse 31. Then the men who had gone up with Caleb said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants. Ironically, this would happen Because of peoples like this sin in the future, the land would literally devour some of them. The land devours its people. All the people that we saw in it are of great height. 
And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. We can have a conversation about that if you'd like after church. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Moses, we can't do it. You see, this passage doesn't um, clarify, it's clarified later, that it was Caleb and his friend Joshua. Two men, Caleb and Joshua, were the only men that saw the grapes. The other ten saw the giants. And so the ten that saw giants, they got on CNN. They got on Fox News. They got on MSNBC. They got on every online forum, and they shouted the word, Fear! Don't move forward! And inundated them with bad news. Last few years, we've been focused on what's fake news, what's real news. I don't know, but maybe we should stop focusing on bad news so much. Bad news. So as a result of this, God would cause Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And every single adult, 20 years and up, when they left Egypt, would die in the wilderness during those 40 years. And once every single adult who was freed from slavery in Egypt had died, then those 20 and under would be able to enter the land that God had promised. Let that preach for a minute. How many adults are there that have prevented the next generation from walking into their inheritance because of their fear, because of their problems, because of their uh, rational thinking, where, where the kids have actually had the most havoc caused on their lives as a result. That's what we've experienced the last two years. See, only Joshua and Caleb as old men would be allowed to enter the promised land. And that's because they saw grapes and not giants. And the God who made the grapes and the God who gave the grapes was bigger than any giant that stood in the way. Let me say that again. The God who makes the grapes, the God who gives grapes, is bigger than any giant who stands in the way. And because Caleb and Joshua saw that because God was bigger than the giants or the obstacles in their way, because God had promised them this land, they said these words, let us go up at once. We are able to overcome it. Basically, they were saying, God's got this, guys. You're afraid of giants, but giants are afraid of God. And God's got this. And the very thing that Israel had been freed for, despite all the miracles that they had seen, despite the long journey that they had been on at, to this point, they missed out on it completely. Not even Moses would go in. Just two guys and a bunch of kids. Application. Some of you make it all the way to the threshold of where God is taking you have been through and seen so much 
You've experienced so much of God's power. You've experienced so much of God's favor, his blessings, his grace, his salvation, only to give up when you encounter the final boss. You ever thought about that before? Like, maybe the giant in front of me is my final boss, and maybe I should keep fighting. But so many give up before they ever reach. It could be your last battle. And you give up, and you don't inherit what it is that God actually has for you. I saw this this comic strip while I was preparing this message, just like the biggest coincidence, it showed up, but it was this young man that was mining for gold, and he had this little tunnel that he was just chipping away uh, with, with his, with his pick, trying to get to the gold through this tunnel, and it showed him as an old man then chipping away at the tunnel, and he was like an inch from breaking through to gold, but then it showed him as an old man getting discouraged and walking away. He was this close. And so many of us get this close, but the final boss detours us and we actually give up. But we've got to remember that the final boss, the final giant in front of us, if we would come to realize that that final boss would tremble and fall at the very name of Jesus, spoken in faith by one who is at once ready to go to battle. Spoken in faith by one who knows that Jesus can overcome any giant that stands in the way of God's inheritance for them. So do not let fear of giants who themselves fear God cause you to miss out on your destiny. Don't give up. You've come so far. Don't give up. You've come so far. You could be right at the finish line and miss out on the whole thing because you're too focused on giants and not the grapes on the other side. But pause for a second. What are the grapes on the other side? For you, what are the grapes on the other side? And for you, what are the obstacles? What are the giants? What are the walls in the way that maybe have caused you to actually give up on your dreams before? And for two straight years, all we have heard is giants. Giants, 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 giants. And it just got ridiculous. And this isn't a right or a left thing or, or a conservative or a liberal or a progressive thing. It just, it's just ridiculous. Being one thing is good, then it's bad, then it's good again, then it's bad again. It just, all you hear is giants. The economy is going to crash Our packages aren't going to arrive by Christmas. Santa's held up at the North Pole. The economy's collapsing. Free money will fix things. Wait, that's causing inflation. Nope, never mind. Inflation means things are good. What? Which is it? Have you seen the crime in our cities? This, 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 and then like, and I love the fact that Omicron, it's called Omicron. It's just like, oh, my cron, it's another. Another giant in the way. Little hope, pull it back. Fear, 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 fear. Fear is a wonderful slave master. Fear, it's all that we have heard. It's all that we've heard. The church is dying. 
The church is dead. The church is closing. The church is quitting. The church is never coming back. One church growth expert that I used to listen to a lot, he literally said, in-person church is done. It's only online from here on out. It's like, that's not true. It might be for you. It's not true. That's not, that's not moving forward. That's not taking ground. I've had too many pastor friends quit and say, no, nah, it's, it's too hard. This, this area's got too rough a soil. It's too difficult to plow. We don't have enough people coming. We don't have enough money coming in. We're, we're out. We're done. We're closing our doors. And I get the reasons why. And I don't just judge the individual, but I am judging the overall problem. Fear. Church is, is dead. And it makes you want to scream when you look at all the giants. Because we have 10 spies in the world right now, ruining it for everybody else. And God's looking for a Joshua and a Caleb to say, God's got this. We can move forward. Say, well, Pastor, are you talking just about COVID? I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about everything you can imagine, everything in your mind. Don't let fear stop you. Be cautious. You know, work with wisdom. Work with intellect. Follow the leading of the Spirit. Whatever you need to do. But if, if fear is the reason you're not moving forward, you need to examine your faith. Because Scripture tells us that God is love. And then Scripture tells us that perfect love casts out all fear. And Scripture tells us that God did not give you a spirit of fear. But He gave you power and love, which cast out fear, and self-control. Are you exercising self-control right now? Or is fear controlling you? Are you walking in power, moving forward in the power, not your power, but of the Holy Spirit, because the battle belongs to Him? And it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. Are you walking forward in power, or are you moving forward as a coward? Perfect love cast out all fear. God's given us power, love. Are you loving people? Love is not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not gushy. Love is making sacrifices for others. It's sticking around with others when giants show up. And so what the enemy would like you to know this year is this. You thought there were giants in 2020? You thought there were giants in 2021? There's giants in 2022 also. They're too big for us. We're grasshoppers in their sight. We cannot make a difference. We can't take the land. It's too late for us. And so what, what has some of the church done? Oh, it's holy huddle time. That means the church better gather, prep, break out the emergency ration food, and huddle in the basement of the church and pray until Jesus gets back. That would be dishonoring to God. Because Jesus has saved people not to be of the world, but to be in it. To be salt, to be light. To go and make disciples of all nations. To have confidence that the gates of hell can't prevail against God's church that Jesus Christ himself is currently building. So you've got to choose, grapes or giants. You've got to choose. Church, let me tell you something. 
the bigger the giants, the bigger the grapes. Hold on to that. The bigger the giants, the bigger the grapes. And God's got big grapes for the taking. That's a weird quote, isn't it? The bigger the giants, the bigger the grapes. And God's got big grapes for the taking. Well, how do I, how do I eat those grapes? How do I stomp those grapes? How do I drink that wine? Will you step up in faith against giants and stand up to them? And receive the grapes that God has in store. And while it might sound a little profound, that the bigger the grapes, the bigger, or the bigger the giants, the bigger the grapes. Don't get that mixed up. The bigger the giants, the bigger the grapes. Here's, here's a, more, a little bit more profound truth. The real giants are the ones we can't see. Everything you see in front of you is not really what it seems. The real giants, the big giants, are the ones that you cannot see. The ones that move in the shadows, the ones that pull the strings, the ones that purposely cause division, the ones who are waiting to take things over. And the big giant that is behind the scenes that you can't see, I think we could call it fear. And if it's not fear itself, we can at least acknowledge that fear is that giant's greatest weapon. But again, the good news is God is love. And perfect love casts out all fear. So our God who makes giant grapes and who gives giant faith, is bigger than both the seen giants and especially bigger than the giants that are unseen. And because of that, we have to acknowledge that we do have ground to take. And so what will you spend 2022 doing? What will you do in 2022? Because I promise you there's going to be a lot of giants in 2022 in your marriage, in your family, in your household, in your school, in your work, in your neighborhood, in the world. You say, Pastor, you're, you're speaking curses over us. No, I'm not. I'm being realistic. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So there will be lots of giants in 2022. Some of you, like you've got names of people coming into mind. The Bible says we don't battle against flesh and blood. We, we battle against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So don't fixate on people being the giant or the enemy, because if it has flesh and blood, it's not really the enemy. It's the unseen that's the enemy. And so you've got giants coming to mind. There will be giants, but I want to promise you something. A greater promise than the promise of being giants is that in 2022, there will also be grapes. What if I get cancer? There will be grapes. What if I come down with COVID? You'll, there'll be grapes. What if my spouse leaves me? Still grapes. What if my kid? Still grapes. There are grapes in front of you, God's goodness in store for you, and you might not see the fullness of those grapes in life as we know it, but I'm telling you, the grapes are much bigger in life that we have yet to know yet. So there's grapes in this life. 
There's grapes in death in paradise, and there's grapes in the resurrection. Either way, we're going to eat a lot of grapes. There's a lot of great, big grapes in store. And so you could spend 2022 focused on giants hiding in safety and in security and miss out on living. You could spend the year in safety and security and focusing on giants and never really inherit the land that God promised for you. Or you could focus on the grapes. You could focus on what's in store for those who love God. The scripture tells us no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has in store for those who love him. You could, when you focus on the grapes, you could go up at once knowing that you are capable of overcoming any giant and knowing that the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. And even if your body is destroyed by doing so, you will have actually lived. So if Jesus is the Christ, if he is the son of the living God, if he is building his church, and if the gates of hell can't prevail against the church, then what are you doing sitting around, dying, and focusing on giants? Brothers and sisters in Christ, get up. Get to work. Start living again. There's grapes. There's grapes here. There's grapes in paradise. There's grapes in the resurrection. And even though sometimes I falter on this, I refuse to experience a life of death focusing on giants. And I choose to truly live, even in death, for the grapes. You might say, well, if I focus on the giants, I'll be safe and I'll have a long life. Of what? Of death? Of wilderness living? I refuse to miss out. I refuse to let my freedom in Christ, the wonders I've experienced, the journeys that I've been on, and the battles I've already fought be for absolutely nothing. When I arrive at the final boss, I'm fighting the battle. When you arrive at the final boss, fight him. Fight the battle. You see, By arriving at the final boss and fighting the final boss, when I do that, I'm not focusing on giants like him. I'm focusing on him, who the giant fears. I'm focusing on him, who the giant has control over by the one who made him. God is sovereignly in charge of all giants and can destroy them and will destroy them whenever he so chooses. So as you fight that battle, you can fight it when you know that you're not focusing on him, but on him and the grapes that he has in store. Those who focus on giants, they wander aimlessly the rest of their lives in the wilderness. They never experience life. And they die before they've ever truly lived. And those who focus on grapes, they cross the finish line, they drink the wine, and they truly experience life, the life actually. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. And so you can choose to cower every time someone shouts the word, giants, but that's death. Or you can choose, we can choose to see grapes. So if you said like, well, pastor, you're speaking curses over me. If you tell me there's going to be giants. No, I'm not, but I am going to speak blessings over us. Grapes in 2022. Faith in 2022. Victory in 2022. More of him in 2022. Grapes, not giants, in 2022. Stepping in and not missing out in 2022. That's what the blessing is. I'll speak over you. Are you. Did you track with me? Do you follow this idea? Because this is not about politics. It's not about this or that or America or anything else. It's about God's kingdom moving forward and being stifled with fear for too long when there are giants in front of us that have to fall at the name of Christ. Because he promised us that. And some of you have been cowering in fear all year. Cowering in fear. But I want to be Joshua. I want you to be Caleb. I want to be eating grapes while other people are wandering in the desert. Who wants to come? You can, you can cross over, literally. Literally and eat grapes, or you can wander the desert and eat manna, and if you're lucky, quail. But grapes are better. Would you bow your heads and go into a time of prayer? Uh, I just ask you to bow your heads so that way there's no distraction and you're not, it's not just out of some religious duty, but if you could just focus in on on what God's doing in your heart, if, if there's conviction, if there's encouragement, if there's challenge, if there's hope being spoken into you by the Spirit of God, then allow him to do that. But it's grapes or giants. And sometimes, if I'm being real, when I'm having real conversations with my wife, uh, she'll often tell me, and she won't use these words, but she'll say like, hey, I'm, I'm tired of you talking about giants. Why don't you talk about grapes a little bit? How many of you do that? Like, because your spouse is the one that is good for you to process with, and it's good to share giants with, if you're not careful, all you can talk about is giants. Tell me about your day. Well, let me tell you how much it sucks. Tell, you, tell me about your day. Well, I'll tell you about the giant at work. Her name's Molly. This is my random name I made up. If you've got a Molly, I'm not speaking against her. But it's a questionable name. I'm kidding. Not at all. It's a cute name. Tell me about your day. Well, um, I had bad gas all day. Tell me about your day. I, you know, lunch was really gross. They messed up. We talk about giants all the time. And I'm chief of sinners when it comes to that. And talk about those giants, but don't talk about the giants to worship and give glory to the giant who reigns over your day. But talk about the giant in a way that brings about faith 
that there's grapes on the other side of that giant and that the giant has to fall. So you acknowledge giants, but focus on the grapes. So when someone says, how was your day? Think about some grape-type things. Think about the grapes that were in store for you that day. Think about the grapes in front of you. How was your day? Well, did you hear about what happened on the news? Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Fear, 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 fear. Yeah, I heard it. But when I gather together with brothers and sisters in Christ, we ought to be saying grapes, 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 grapes. Look at what God's doing. Look at what he can do. Choosing to see the best even in the worst. And that's not power of positive thinking. It's focusing on God, and that's called worship. That's called giving him glory and praise and honor even when you're at your lowest. There is grapes in front of me. There might be giants in the way, but those giants must fall. And I choose the grapes and not the giants. So here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to close out in a couple songs, and because it is the first Sunday of 2022, I want to invite you to do something. And this might seem awkward or weird for some of you. I promise it, it won't be. Um, but I would like each and every one of you, and you don't have to, so don't feel any pressure to, but I'd, I'd like each and every one of you to consider as we sing these songs and even after our service uh, to come up and join us at, at, we'll just call it the altar, stage, altar, whatever you grew up calling this, come up to this. And I have some of our assistant pastors here today and a team of people I've asked to pray over you and for you for 2022. And I think this is the right first step to make. Praying over your family in 2022. And as we are praying, I would ask you to have faith and be open and willing to allow God's Spirit to speak to you in this time of ministry and prayer. I'm not saying that will happen, but I'm confident it will happen for some of you. God may have a word of knowledge a word of wisdom, a word of prophecy that he uses, one of his servants who is ministering with you, for you, together with you, speak truth into your life. So we believe in the prophetic, in words of wisdom, in words of knowledge, and sometimes words of prophecy have allowed me to keep the grapes in sight and not lose focus on the grapes because I've been so focused on the giants. And so sometimes God speaking through someone else gives me the faith I need to walk past the giant. So if you come expecting, if God wants to share something with you, I believe he will. It might not be through prophecy. It might be just directly speaking to your heart. I've audibly heard God before. It might be that. A dear friend here shared with me a couple weeks ago how God audibly spoke to her right when she needed it. God speaks today. He speaks today. As we're praying, if you need vision for your life, God-sized vision of grapes of ministry and kingdom work, we're going to pray that God would give you vision, direction, purpose. There's over 20 spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to believers. Some of you don't walk in them. Some of you don't know what yours are. As we lay hands on you and pray for you, maybe God will lead one praying for you to give you whatever gift God chooses to give. And you may have come from some you know, church that might seem a little weird to you before, where like they push a certain gift on you. That's not what we're talking about. 
The gift might be administration. The gift might be healing or interpretation of tongues. The gift might be helps. I need some help uh, cleaning up my backyard later this week. I'm going to pray that over you. I, I don't really. I'm just saying sometimes we get all mesmerized by these big spiritual gifts where literally we, we ignore people who have administration and helps and teaching and leading. It's not just the flashy stuff. It's all this stuff. And so um, as we start to sing, again, I want to invite you up as you would, and I'd encourage you, let's all do this. I'm going to have someone pray over me, pray over my family that's here, um, and I would love to have each and every one of you be prayed over for 2022, to see grapes and not giants, for healing, for direction, for vision, um, expectant that God might do something great, but also uh, imparting to you gifts that God wants you to use this coming year. And so would you stand? And again, if you're like, whoa, that's not for me, that's, that's fine. You just, uh, if you could just sit and worship and pray until uh, Ryan dismisses you here after a couple of songs. But I would encourage you, take the opportunity to be prayed for. People that we'll be praying for are not special people. They're just people that will be petitioning a special God to help you move forward in this year as God calls you to do. So, God, we give this time to you. I pray, God, you'd give us great faith to be ministered to and to minister to others. I ask, God, that this time would be honoring to you in a time of worship. And as we go out of this place, uh, that we would leave changed and refocused for the year ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing.